management disorder. Welcome to Around Kansas on this Memorial Day. I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. And Memorial Day, of course, uh, while many of us are getting together with family and friends and, and picnicking, let's not forget the real reason for Memorial Day. And right behind me is the image of the final resting place of Staff Sergeant Jamie Jarbo. And he um, has been so honored, his memory so honored by his wife, Melissa Jarbo, who has dedicated her life to helping veterans since Jamie's death. You know, Deb, um, behind me is actually the cemetery at Fort Riley. And this area is affectionately, or I guess um, lovingly uh, by military enthusiasts referred to as 7th Cavalry Hill because there are some individuals from the 7th Cavalry who are buried here. And I know you were with me when I took this photo. Uh, we were taking a, a walk one, uh, I think it was an early spring day. Uh, we were at Fort Riley and we stopped off to the cemetery to take a walk and see what we could learn by looking at those markers from the past. Well, that, it is a lovely setting. It's just, it's really a beautiful place. And it's a, it's a very fitting resting place for, for those soldiers. So yeah, that's a, I would encourage you when you go to Fort Riley um, and of course, remind you that getting on the post is not as simple as it used to be. And for one thing, make sure your car tags are up to date and make sure you have your license and registration with mm -hmm. you or you will not get on post. So, and it'd be nice if you're not a foreign spy or anything like that too. So just a few um, pointers there. But once you get on post, it is simply gorgeous. And that cemetery is a, a really beautiful sacred spot and so full of history. It's, it's amazing, all the, the different eras that are represented there. And so it's, a, a, it's like, a, um, like one of my friends used to call the cemeteries outdoor museums. And it's really, really true. And especially when you go to a post like Riley or Leavenworth or Scott or some of those, it really is true. I was going to say, Deb, yeah, um, Fort Leavenworth is another cemetery where you and I both have been on our own, but also together and to visit the final resting places of soldiers from America's past and from our more recent conflicts, um, individuals that we've known um, who have uh, passed away and given their life in service to our country. And really, um, while there is great sadness in these locations, like the cemeteries at Fort Leavenworth and Fort Riley, and even when you go to Fort Wallace and you go to Fort Scott's uh, National Cemetery Number One, yes, it's sad, but for me, I also find great hope there in that when I see those final resting places of the men and sometimes women who have given their lives in service to our country, I'm continually thankful for their service and what they've done for our nation and the fact that they paid that ultimate sacrifice. But I'm also, I feel hopeful because there are people who are willing to do such important work that causes them and their families to make these kinds of sacrifices for the rest of us. 
And I shudder to think where we would be today had these men and women not been willing to put their lives on the line and make those sacrifices. Amen. And when you mentioned the word sacrifice, that is what started Melissa Jarbo on her journey. When her husband passed away, Staff Sergeant Jamie Jarbo, he had been wounded in Afghanistan and then um, was sent home or sent back to America and uh, was in hospice for a while and, and finally died of his wounds. And Melissa has spoken often of watching Jamie's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, I wish I could remember exactly how he said it, but one of the things that he said to Melissa um, before he passed was to look after his men. So that is what Melissa has been doing. And oh my goodness, I can't tell you she is one of the most inspiring people I have ever met. And she has dedicated her life to, um, to fundraising, to raising awareness, to reaching out in so many different ways. And the one thing that, um, it's, I'm sorry, I cannot talk about this without getting choked up. Um, First, Melissa is a war widow, and I am amazed every time I watch her, and when she reaches out to people, it is so sincere. She doesn't see veterans, disabled veterans, um, people who are suffering from illnesses or, um, or um, crippling disabilities. She doesn't see them as, oh, I need to help these people and then I'm gonna go home and have lunch. No, these people are part of her life. Yes. And she still sees them as people, no matter what they've gone through, they are still people. And she appreciates their sacrifices and the sacrifices of their families. And she does everything she can, she has advocated um, in Congress, she goes to Washington and lobbies there. And then she just hangs out on the phone with people when they need to talk. She is truly one of the most amazing people I have ever met. And Melissa at her core is a very quiet person. She, um, I can guarantee you, she did not set out to make this her life's mission, but this is what life has handed her. And she has, been an amazing influence in this world. And she now, um, the Military Veterans Project that she founded is dedicated to suicide prevention among veterans. And we all have seen the statistics. Uh, it has become horrible. It may have always been an issue, but now it is uh, truly a crisis. And I remember um, our friend Dave Chuber when he was um, serving at um, Fort Leonard Wood, they told them that um, some of the big brass was coming one day to talk about suicide prevention. And he's like, well, this is gonna be another thing to check the boxes and all that. It wasn't. He said he had never seen 
um, such a sincere attempt to educate people and to figure out ways to solve the problem. So I would highly encourage you to visit the Military Veterans Project on Facebook. Um, reach out to Melissa. If you need help, reach out to Melissa. If you want to help, reach out and, and see what you can do to truly support our veterans. And I think that um, like a lot of people that those suicides should be counted as war casualties. As, as combat casualties, yes. And you know, Deb, um, what Melissa's sacrifice that she makes in her time and the emotional toll that it takes on her um, to do this work, it shows you how close-knit the military truly is. Even oh, though our, our military, you know, you and I are used to thinking about our military and the historical past when our officer's corps was maybe a couple thousand men total. And you had maybe eight or 9,000 troopers total in the military. But now we have much larger numbers. But what Melissa's work shows you is that it doesn't matter whether you are, in a, are you are at a post in New York or Washington State or the middle of Kansas or Florida, it doesn't matter. to the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas located on three main highways, I-70, US-83, and US-40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery, and adventure no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people, just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun. Howdy. I'm Seth Hayes, and welcome to my hometown from then to now. Council Grove has a rich history as deep as the prairie tall grass. Spend the day visiting 25 historic sites or explore the unique shops and restaurants or mosey out of town along the Santa Fe Trail. Y'all visit my hometown, Council Grove, in the heart of the Flint Hills. I'm Michelle Martin, and this is our Memorial Day edition of Around Kansas. We're grateful to have you with us today and appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to, to spend it with Michelle and me. And uh, again, uh, this is all about uh, gratitude to our servicemen and women who have died in combat or as a result of combat, you know, and that's the difference. I wanted to mention this because I know people get confused. Memorial Day is about people who died in combat and Veterans Day in the fall is about all veterans who served um, peacetime, wartime, you know, no matter 
where or how they served. It's about all veterans. So that's the difference. So if you see um, uh, a lot of people, um, oh, just a lot of people get it confused, but yeah, just clear that up for you. And you know, Deb, it's interesting. One of the first real Memorial Day commemorations that took place actually happened um, in May of 1865 in the area around Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm sure you know, but maybe our viewers don't, uh, that nearly a thousand newly freed, uh, formerly enslaved African-Americans, along with um, men serving in the United States colored troops uh, and some individuals from the 54th Massachusetts um, went to the location of a former uh, POW camp outside of Charleston, and they went ahead and had discovered that there had been about 250 Union soldiers who had died in that POW camp uh, due to disease and other illness and injury, and that they had not been properly, completely properly buried. It had been a very hasty and quick burial. And they believed that those fallen men deserved a better final resting place. And they went ahead and created a better final resting place. And then after those soldiers were reinterred, they held a very solemn ceremony to honor the sacrifice that those men had made during the war while POWs. And that's really one of our first Memorial Day uh, ceremonies that took place in the country after the war. Isn't that a great story? And I uh, was talking with with um, my friend Andy Wosky the other day when I was in Philadelphia. And Andy is, um, I guess he's on the board and um, I don't know, he's like the chief tour guide or something at Laurel Hill Cemetery in Philadelphia. There, I promise you people, there is nothing in this country that ever happened, maybe abroad that ever happened, that doesn't have a connection to Laurel Hill Cemetery somehow, some way. And there's nobody's name that you can mention, nothing you can bring up that doesn't have a connection to Laurel Hill. And I know that Andy has told me the Memorial Day connections to Laurel Hill, and they are numerous, but all I can think of right now is the gal that wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb is buried there, but I can't, I can't think of the Memorial Day connections. I mean, there's all kinds of soldiers there and, you know, dignitaries and stuff, but right now, and General Meade, of course, but I can, all I think of now is uh, um, Mary Had a Little Lamb, but, and Thanksgiving, she's the one that got... Uh, Lincoln to proclaim Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving was just a random holiday until Lincoln, you know, set the date. And Memorial Day was the same thing. Memorial Day was just all over the place, you know, and Decoration Day in the South. Yeah. And um, so Memorial Day was all over the place until General John A. Logan stepped in and decided he felt that May 30th should be a day to honor our servicemen who had died in combat, and in particular, those connected to the Civil War, and then, of course, going back retroactively to other combats and other conflicts. And yes, folks, when we say General John A. Logan, he is the namesake of Logan County, Kansas, 
But also, did you know Logan County, Oklahoma, Logan County, Illinois, Logan County, Colorado, and Logan County, North Dakota are all named for General John A. Logan uh, and his service in the military and his time as the national commander of the Grand Army of the Republic. Obviously, he, he had a lot of fans. I am sitting in Logan County, Kansas, as we speak. So, yes, I'm grateful to him every day that we have a county name that we can actually spell and remember. So, God bless him for being such a big influence. And go ahead. And for helping spearhead that effort to kind of trying to find oh, yeah. a set day for remembering our men and now our women who died in combat or died serving their country. And he really pushes and a lot of states begin to adopt May 30th. And it's not until the late 1960s that the federal government becomes involved and it actually gets declared a federal holiday and they choose the last Monday in May and federal um, in, the federal government liked it because if you went ahead and had that holiday on a Monday, then your federal employees, there was that three-day weekend for federal employees. And of course, um, school kids love it uh, because you get that, that three-day weekend before you've got that last push of school to get through in June. Uh, but also it's really that unofficial kickoff to the summer season. But remember folks, we want you to not only enjoy that official, kind of that official kickoff to the summer season, but we want you to remember why it's there in the first place. Absolutely. And you know, um, it is, it's really appropriate that that kicks off the summer season because you've got this very um, sacred holiday and you um, remember all the sacrifices for, for your freedoms. And by golly, then you get to go out and be free. No more school for the summer. No more, you know, you revel in your freedom after that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. I think you right. go out and find joy. So I think that's a, that's a great thing. Well, and you know, it's that holiday that leads us up to, of course, July 4th. That's right. And what, I mean, really, it, it makes perfect sense um, to go ahead and remember the men and women who sacrificed for our freedoms. And then we uh, remember those freedoms and remember that uh, on the 4th of July as well. And definitely. So I, I have always liked Memorial Day. Um, it always, especially when I was teaching at the college level, um, your semester ended and Memorial Day weekend was that time to finally be able to get a bit of respite but of course, living in Fort Scott, Kansas, you were so close to this to Fort Scott National Cemetery, number one, and Fort Scott National Historic Site. That idea of why Memorial Day was there was never far from your mind, uh, given oh, the absolutely of the community. And uh, likewise, when I was the historian in residence um, at the historic Topeka Cemetery, you know, mm -hmm. we had all those Memorial Day services and um, just wonderful wonderful events by some some just amazing folks you know that took time to to really work and plan and devote their not only that day but a lot of days leading up to that to to that commemoration so it was really nice to be a part of that I I um, am very grateful for that experience and we are very grateful 
for the sacrifices made by our men and women in arms who have given, who gave their everything. And so I think that's a great way to end today's show by thanking thank them and thanking their families. So we thank you all. Amen. Join us next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum you're going to find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. We've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray Pump Organ Collection. We're a little bit place with a great big story and we'd love to have you. In 1821, a trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger-than-life personalities and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org.